Ahoy, mateys, <laughs> and congratulations. You be one of the lucky listeners to a tale the likes of which you've never heard. A sleepy story about me, your old pal Captain Dreambeard. <laughs> now, I have received many letters in a bottle from you listeners out there asking, Captain Dreambeard, how did you get your splendiferous dreamy beard? With the stars and the Milky Way and all of the dreams of the world inside it. Lads, this is supposed to be a sleep story. Where was I? Ah, yes, the dreamy beard. That be a very good story. But first, let's snuggle down into our cozy hammocks. Unfurl our sails. Lift our anchors. Relax all the muscles in our bodies. And take three deep breaths as big as the ocean. In. like a pirate. <laughs> Isn't that better? Well, I reckon we best be starting where all great adventures start, at the beginning. So prepare yourself for a beautiful story. Captain Dreambeard and the Sea of Dreams. Lay down a spell, and I'll tell you the tale of how I, Captain Dreambeard, came to be. Tis a tale of bravery and courage, a tale of adventure and daring, of magic and mystery, of facial hair and dreams. Long ago... Before I became Captain Dreambeard, my crew called me Captain Stubble. And to be honest, I'd found myself in a bit of a slump. Sure, I got to see the world, and ride the waves, and feel the salted wind across me stubble. It happens time to time to those what sailed one too many legs on the high seas. Don't get me wrong. I loved being a fun-loving pirate. Who wouldn't? But after a while, the waves kept a-coming, and the days just blended together. I'd stare at the horizon, wondering if there might be more to this seafaring life. 
something more out there, beyond all the gold and the maps with the X's on them. Perhaps I needed what you might call a vacation. One day, while pondering such things, my spyglass spotted a seagull standing on a little bottle floating on the waves. It squawked at me, and its wings seemed to be not in the best of shape. Poor little fella. I helped the seagull up onto the boat and offered him some of me fresh-cooked stew. He gobbled it down, then stretched his wing, and I could have sworn the fellow winked at me before flying away. I supposed he wasn't so hurt after all. So I pulled the bottle that he'd been standing on out of the water and was surprised to see a little bit of paper rolled up inside. It looked to be what I've heard called a brochure for an island I hadn't plundered before. It read, Has Luton lost its luster? No wind in your sails? Come to Calm Island, where you can relax and recharge in a private pirate paradise. It looked like nothing I'd ever seen. A place where people went to do nothing. Just lie on the beach. Buy something called a timeshare. So I took out me compass, turned the wheel, and sailed me ship to this magical place. And what do you know? The brochure was indeed accurate. It was a pirate's paradise. Crab buffet. Sword fighting contests. A swimming hole with a diving plank and a water slide. I met a whole slew of other pirate captains, like myself. At night, we'd all gather round the fire for jibber-jabberin'. We'd tell each other classic pirate stories. Captain Cannonball told the Kraken's Revenge. Captain Brainburn recalled twelve stormy nights, which wasn't as exciting as eleven stormy nights, but then again, sequels are rarely as good as the original. I told my favorite, the Rainbow Pearl. Then it was Captain Moonbeam's turn. As the embers burned, she spun a fantastical yarn I'd not heard before. Legend goes that long ago, before the moon, before the stars, our dreams were not hidden in our sleep. They were alive with us all the time, and they lived in what was called 
the Sea of Dreams. From this magical sea, the dreams of the world flew all around, filling the world with magic and wonder. But in time, as the world grew older, people lost their passions, and the lands drifted apart. The sea of dreams became lost and hidden away, far beyond the farthest corners of the earth. Now dreams come only while we sleep, and aren't easy to hold on to. Dreams have become harder to have and harder to keep. To me, this sounded a bit like why I followed that brochure. But some say that it's not too late. That mystical sea of dreams is still out there, just beyond our grasp, not on any map waiting for some lucky sailor to find it. Well, no one was gonna top that story. So I retired for the night, hoping to dream about this hidden ocean where magic lives. The next day, I took a walk through a market full of trinkets and troves, Bits and bobs, knick-knacks, junk and jewelry, robes hung, rugs draped, ropes dangled in knots, and rice simmered in pots. Fruits and spices filled my eyes and my nose. Bumbleberries, mangoes a favorite. Bananas, pears, cinnamon, coriander, cardamom, and cloves. I drank the finest tea and felt the softest silk. A one-woman band was playing viola, harp, and lute all at once. Then I turned a corner and saw a most peculiar sight. It was a small tent with a sign outside that said, Wonders from the unknown, enter if ye dare. Well, I thought to myself, I already knew about the known, but the unknown, ha! That's what Captain Dreambeard is all about. So I opened the door and stepped inside. It was huge. I mean bigger than a whale in a teacup. It seemed to go on forever. Lamplight flickered across the mountains of treasure. Diamonds. Goblets golden grails, a two-headed turtle, a ruby skull, a giant pearl. This was my kind of place. 
I wandered, walked, and wove through the maze. And then I saw it. Tucked beneath a book on a lonely shelf was another message in a bottle. But this one didn't hold a brochure. It was filled with a white paper scroll, surrounded by a strange and sparkling purple mist. I heard a calm and soothing voice. Ah, excellent choice, young man. The shopkeep then stepped out from behind a stack of books, revealing a long gray beard that almost touched the ground, hanging from an ancient face with wise green eyes. Do you know what's in that bottle, he asked. I nodded that I did not. That contains a map to the Sea of Dreams. Now, at that, I had to laugh. Huh. The Sea of Dreams? That's just Moonbeam's silly old pirate myth. A fish's rumor. Sure, it's a good story, but it wasn't really real. Was it? He saw my doubt and reached into his sleeve to pull out a glowing gem like I've never seen. It was filled with the same sparkling purple mist as the bottle, and it was warm. I could feel the heat coming off of it. This, he said, washed up in that bottle, and for a simple twenty shillings, this secret of the seas can be yours. Well, I was sold. I paid the price and stepped outside to see my hidden bounty. But when I uncorked the bottle, out came the mist and the scroll which told me absolutely nothing. The paper was blank as the shores of the nothing isles, swindled by a rotten old scallywag. For the second time this month, that decoder ring was plastic. I turned around to give that big bearded shopkeep a piece of my mind, and wouldn't you know it, the tent was plumb gone. Poof! like the wind. Well, I sulked on back to my ship, sunk into my bunk with that empty map in hand, feeling sorry for myself, wondering if the purple gem might fit in my similarly useless decoder ring. To lift me spirits, I reached for an orange. Oranges are a sailor's best friend, you see, since they treat all kinds of ills, from scurvy to hunger to homesickness. Also, and this may not be well known, but they're delicious. 
So I bites into me orange, and a splash of juice squirts all over me napkin, which coincidentally was the useless map that had come out of that cheating salesman's bottle. And wouldn't you know, something strange happened. Pictures appeared on me napkin. It was a map. And at the bottom was the strangest little poem. Ye who search for ancient dreams, ye who always wander, hoist your sails up toward the sky and give this once a ponder. Far beyond the sandy shores, beyond the things we know, beyond the storms and shining stars where magic gardens grow. The sea of dreams is not a myth, no mere simple legend. I'll tell you where it is, if that's where ye want to be heading. To find the mystic sea of dreams, turn your heart to the horizon. Sail on to the northern winds. Don't stop until you're flying. And so I did just that. Pulled up the anchor. Hoisted the sails. Checked me compass and headed north to the horizon. I probably forgot to pay for me Calm Island timeshare. But I suppose them's the business risks of running a pirate vacation resort. Well, I sailed on north for twenty days and twenty nights, looking for the sea of dreams. I sailed past islands and inlets, isles and icebergs. The days were warm and the nights were cool. There's nothing more soothing than being rocked to sleep by Mother Earth herself. The lull of the waves, to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. I kept on following my compass north until suddenly... I didn't know where North even was anymore. My compass was spinning in circles, like an octopus in a ballet. I figured it must be broke, and stopped to think. The sound of the waves lap-lapping up against the bow made a little pitter-patter rhythm that set my mind at ease. That's when I noticed how calm the sea had become. The waves relaxed to a still and tranquil lull, and the water stretched out in every direction like a perfect mirror a hundred leagues wide. A crystal sea of silence but not a sea of dreams. 
was I ever going to get there, with nary a little gust to help me? All of a sudden, one, two, then three little fish began to splash around in front of my boat. "'Twas then that I heard a voice off the port bow. "'Hello? Who's that up there?' "'I thought surely one of me crew had gone overboard. "'Who's that down there? "'Pete, did ye slip on another sturgeon?' "'To my great surprise,' An orange fish leapt up out of the water, hovered there in the air for a moment, and looked me right in the eyes as wee little words came past his fishy lips. Ahoy! Pleased to meet ye, sailor, said the small fish. Haven't seen one of you round these parts in ages. What brings ye to these most northern waters? I stared for a moment and said, Beg your pardon, sir. I've never met a talking fish before, nor a floating one at that. I'm trying to find the sea of dreams by way of the northern wind. Do you, er... Know which way it is? The fish called out to his friends. You hear that? He's looking for the northern wind. The other two fish leapt out of the water and hovered right beside him. Ooh, said the green one. We have a riddle for that. Now, how did it start? I thought you knew, said the orange one, pointing his little flipper. Then the smaller pink one, quiet and soft, speaks up. I remember it, she says. To follow your dreams, you must find me. I'm half of the sky and half of the sea. I'm part of the sand and part of a wish. I'm not quite a star and not quite a fish. Bravo, her friends cheered, swimming in little circles. Arr, a fine riddle, but thankfully one I've heard before. Half of the sky and half of the sea, part of the sand and part of a wish, not quite a star and not quite a fish. That's got to be a starfish. The fish clapped their tiny fins and nodded in approval. Suddenly, a gust of air swirled around my ship, tiny waves beginning to lap at the sides once more in a steady beaten pattern. 
could it be? Was this the northern wind that would take me to the sea of dreams? The orange fish spoke up. The northern wind is oft sought, but rarely found. Those who find it go true north, which is up. The northern wind caught me sails, and me ship began to rise out of the water. I rose up, up, and up again. I sailed up past a flock of frigate birds, eyeing me with curiosity behind their large black wings. Hello there, I said, and they cocked their heads before smiling and turning away with a flap. My ship kept rising until I was sailing on a sea of clouds like endless waves of cotton. There were clouds of all shapes and sizes. I saw a horse cloud with a tiny hat, a milkshake, and a castle. I saw a cloud like a tree and a cloud like a giant leaping through the sky and disappearing with a puff. Then I saw a cloud that looked precisely like a mermaid. But then the cloud spoke. Good evening, the mermaid said. Evening, ma'am, I bowed politely, hat in hand. I didn't know you were real. I've come in search of the sea of dreams. I'd be much obliged if you could point the way. Whenever I'm lost, I just ask the stars. Have you tried that? I admitted I hadn't. Why, I've looked upon a star, and I've wished upon a star but I've never asked upon one. She explains, Once the sun begins to fall and dip behind the waves, ask your question to the stars, and one may point the way. With that, she flicked her mermaid tail and swam off through the clouds. Surely talking mermaid clouds meant the sea of dreams would not be far off. I watched the sun set and the sky turn dark and fill with stars. I looked up and asked, Good evening, me old twinkling chums. I was wondering if you might know where I can find the magnificent Sea of Dreams. They responded with a glow and hum, almost seeming to chatter and murmur to each other, figuring out who might know the way. Then one stepped up 
and burned a deep twinkling blue, as if to say, follow me. And you bet your jolly Roger I did. I followed that shining star until the clouds beneath me parted and revealed a sea of swirling colors. It was like landing in a painting, sailing through waves of purple, yellow, pumpkin, and blue. I saw gigantic glowing jellyfish pulse beneath me boat, and an emerald dolphin leap out of the water in a great big arc. A forest of kelp rose from below in great tangles of blooming flowers that made the air smell salty and sweet. With each breath, another fragrant dream. Then a school of a million flying rainbow fish swam by in the air above me. Or would you call it a flock? Well, I'd been all over the world and seen things most people only hear about in bedtime stories. But I'd never seen a place like this. The Sea of Dreams. I'd made it. I saw an island sparkling in the distance and headed toward it to give these sea legs a much-needed rest. I reached the shore and stepped onto a beach of swirling sands like milk stirred into chocolate. A jewel-covered crab tipped its tiny top hat toward me as he scuttled by, and I took a seat in the shade of a feathery tree, watching the multicolored waves wash in. Then a seagull landed on the ground next to me and began to speak. It's really something, isn't it? I couldn't help but agree. I... That's true enough, lad. Where I come from, the water's blue, the fish swim, and the birds don't talk. Not for real, anyway. But here the water's purple, the fish fly, and everyone's got something to say. Welcome to the Sea of Dreams. It has all that, and much, much more. Then the seagull winked at me, a most familiar wink, and I realized it was the exact same gull with the injured wing who'd I'd helped not long ago, and who left me that message in a bottle that led me to Calm Island which led me all the way here. Aye, tis funny how things connect, isn't it? 
I'm so glad you made it, he said, with as much a smile as a beak can muster. He then stretched his wings and transformed with a puff of smoke into the mysterious shopkeep with the long gray beard I'd met in the market. How long had he been watching me? Why did this shape-shifting wizard lead me here? As if reading my mind, he answered, Because I need your help. I've been watching over the sea of dreams for eons, and frankly, I'm getting a bit too old for it. About a thousand years too old. I don't think I could take another eon more. But you have what it takes, I think, hmm? I wasn't sure what he meant. Surely there are better captains for such an important job, I told him. You want the bravest? Captain Moonbeam's the choice. She laughs in the face of danger. There's none more courageous. You want strength? Captain Cannonball's won every battle he's ever fought, and even ones he hasn't. Cunning? Captain Brainburn knows twenty languages, six of them ancient, and one of them whale. You want success? Captain Dabluna's treasure trove could fill a fleet of galleons. I hardly see why you'd pick me to keep watch over the sea of dreams. Simple, he said. You're plenty brave, strong, cunning, and tough. But you're also curious, thoughtful, caring, and kind. You wouldn't believe how many captains shooed me away when I played the old injured seagull trick before you came along and actually tried to help. The sea of dreams is made of magic and wonder, of miracles brought to life. It's where our dreams live, where they're born. I can't entrust it to any old sailor driven by greed or by glory. I thought for a moment, but shook me head. It's a mighty kind offer, sir, and I'd like to help. I really would. But I'm a bit in over me head. I don't know the first thing about sailing these seas. Well, if you don't know the first thing, then that's the first thing you'll have to learn. He pulled from his sleeve the glowing purple gem that he'd shown me in his shop in the market and placed it into my hand. As I closed my fingers around it, I felt a surge of warmth, 
purple mist spiraling up my arm and down to me toes. It spread fizzy light through me fingers and even up to me nose. And then the strangest thing happened. I looked down to find I had grown a magnificent glowing beard. It shimmered with the sizzling light of all the stars across the galaxy. I was gifted with the magic of the sea of dreams. Wishes, hopes, starlight, jokes, riddles, and quibbles, and comets, and sweet little tunes, all in me magic beard. I wondered what magic it might possess. I looked up at a ripe coconut in the treetop high above, and summoned the power of the sea of dreams. My beard glowed a deep, starry purple as I reached out to the coconut. It flew from the tree like a butterfly, turning a series of marvelous colors before landing like a dream, plop, right into me arms, along with a hundred more. I cracked one open and drank. Delicious. I then walked down the beach and saw the little crab with a top hat that I'd met earlier. He'd scuttled into his corner cove to sleep, but couldn't seem to get comfy, the poor little feller. I realized I might be able to help him, and summoned my dream magic again. This time, my beard glowing an aqua blue, as I sent waves of peaceful dreams of stars in the heavens to the crab who now finally fell fast asleep. I drew patterns of colorful light in the air with sparkling fingers, and even managed to float a few feet off the ground. I laughed, smiled, and spun around. I'd never felt so good in my life. But when I turned to thank the old man for this gift of magical power, he'd already transformed back into a seagull in a puff of smoke and flew up to the top of the tree. He called down, Oh, and one more thing. Drop the stubble in Cap'n Stubble. I think Cap'n Dreambeard has a better ring to it, don't you? He winked, then flew away. I got back on me ship 
and set course for, well, ahead. Ahead and slightly to the right. With a flick of the wrist and a beard burning blue, I surrounded me ship in a cloud of dreamy magic that took it up into the sky. As I looked out across the sea of dreams, I closed me eyes, thought about how far I'd come, and took a pause to appreciate the moment. To embrace the beautiful unknown and listen to the tide. My life was born anew as Captain Dreambeard. I've since traveled across the sea of dreams, seeing and doing things you couldn't imagine. I've played pool with a plethora of purple penguins. I've discovered fish the size of islands climbed mountains as high as the moon, found magical treasures, even sailed into and out of a whale. I've helped countless eager sleepers sleep safe and sound, and spread the most wonderful dreams far and wide. That's why they wrote me a song, What Goes. Hey, Captain Dreambeard's here to bring us dreams when sleep is near. Soon we will close our eyes when Dreambeard sails the skies. So rest up, young pirates. We've got a whole tomorrow ahead. Hear the waves whoosh and wash all around, and the gentle rocking of the boat. Breathe deep and count them beautiful, dreamy, twinkling stars. One, two, three, four, five.